As always, many thanks to the late and beloved Mr. Fletcher Bright, a truly amazing gentleman, for our opening theme, which he recorded here on top of Lookout Mountain at Sunset Rock in 2014. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Mountain Echo, a community-based podcast serving our mountaintop neighborhood, featuring the people of the mountain and their passions. We hope you'll sit back and enjoy this next episode and learn about our fellow neighbors and their interests and all the wonderful and fine goings-on in and around this amazing community in which we live. Also, we hope you'll help us out by telling your friends and your family about our program. Maybe text a former neighbor who lives off the mountain now. Let them know where to find us, themountainecho.org. Help us spread the word, and for that, we'll give you our sincere thanks. And now, The Mountain Echo. Well, hello, everyone. We are in for a real treat today on this episode of The Mountain Echo. We have a young man who is from Lookout Mountain, who grew up on Lookout Mountain, but who's not currently on Lookout Mountain. And you're about to hear all about his adventures and what all he's up to. And I think you're going to find it all as fascinating as I have. And so with us today, I am so pleased and and grateful that he could make time. He's been super busy. Bobby Vinoy. Hey, Bobby. Hey, how's it going? It's so good to hear your voice. I remember you so much when you were younger and you're just always got such a a bright eye and and into stuff and curious. I can't wait to hear, you know, more about all of the the great things that you're into. I know I bumped into your uh, your granddad George McGee, and I uh, saw your mom the other day. And after talking with them, I thank you so much for giving all the listeners here on Lookout the opportunity to just to catch up with you, Bobby. Yeah, not a problem. And uh, I, I appreciate you having me on the show. Oh, this is a treat, and. You know, Bobby, you know this, and I just it's a, just a reminder to everyone who comes on, a lot of the people who are listening are longtime mountain residents, and some of them are new to Lookout Mountain, and some of them are just just moving here just recently. There, a lot of folks are listening, and so while I know so many people know you, would you mind taking a little time to just kind of tell folks who is Bobby Vinoy? Maybe a little bit about your family. Help help remind people who you are. A lot of people know your family who've lived up here. And just just take a little time to tell us who Bobby Vinoy is. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Bobby Vinoy, son of Liza and Rob Vinoy, which my mom has been multi-generation on Lookout Mountain. So it's definitely a special place for, for our family. And she's coached yeah. a lot of little kiddos on Lookout Mountain, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, she, she's definitely been around. Yeah, we grew up on, on the back of Lookouts. I went to Fairland Elementary School, but I think where it was a bit different was after school, you know, I'd, I'd head home and I'd basically leave all my friends and all my friends would go play at Fairland and go to the pool. And I'd go out to Long Branch, which is where I grew up. Uh, right. And it was just, you know, woods and three or four houses. So I definitely had a bit of a different upbringing i would say especially with my dad being like in the construction and architecture world i grew up in his shop and yeah ever since i can remember <laughs> on the weekends we'd go and go to a shop and yeah. have like endless projects yeah um, you, you guys were always running around together totally yeah we actually made a boat um it took seven <laughs> years it's a 22 foot outboard motorboat uh we stuck when I was in fourth grade. Holy cow. So yeah, pretty fun, fun projects. And yeah, it's definitely fun growing up on, on the back of lookouts. It's different. If you haven't been, you should definitely go. We're pretty close to Lula Lake and, and High Point. So definitely a bit of a change of scenery, uh, but super nice. But yeah, grew up going to Fairland. And in my later years there, more towards fifth grade, we started skateboarding. Skateboarding was a thing that kept 
like our little crew together. Ryan Rogers would come and pick me up on his bike from school. Oh, Ryan Rogers. There's a name. Yeah. Front door <laughs> walkers. He, he'd come pick me up and bike me over to his house because he was homeschooled. And then we would all just go skate till, till dinner time, basically. And then my mom would come pick me up. But Fairland School, the golf course, Fairland Club. Yeah. We had like spots and we just push our skateboards for miles, especially in the summers. But yeah. A lot of great memories. So many good memories. Yeah. And I haven't talked about, you know, Fairland Elementary since I've been there. So, wow. Fairland's still doing great. I mean, it's a, it's just a super, super school community. And I think, you know, all the good news I hear coming out of there, Bobby, is the strongest it's, I think it's ever been. I mean, I think it's doing great. Yeah. But yeah, I guess after that, went down to, yeah, CCS and then transferred over to Macaulay. Yeah. And I really found like my tick at Macaulay. It was a a great environment for me to transition into, just given like the situation, circumstances I was in. And so, yeah, found found my rhythm there. And um, yeah, I just had a great, great time in high school there. Now, Um, were you in the outdoor program? any there i can't recall i was yeah i was also competing for high point uh climbing i was on their team uh competing in sport That's um, right. sport climbing primarily That's but right. i was also competing with macaulay and also racing bikes um over there you were just you were eat up with it as they say i mean you were just t- eating sleeping breathing it all of it yeah i, I loved it and you know chattanooga is one of I'm I'm now in Salt Lake City, but um, Chattanooga is a hot spot. It's a mecca for for rock climbing. We have some of the best sandstone in the nation. Part of that's due just because of how much it rains. So we get really unique features. Oh. And Blue Rod and Jesse T did a great job of utilizing you know what we have there. Yeah, exposing kids to you know the trail systems, but also like the climbing. It's it's like I said, some of the best in the nation. So. I definitely took it for granted as a kid, but now every time I go home, I've, I've got stuff to work on. So. Yeah. Hey, Bobby, we just had we just had a great sit down with Daniel Roberts, one of the four or five team members over at the Lula Lake Land Trust, and he was talking about all the neat stuff going on out at Lula Lake, and I think the whole team's going to come back onto the Mountain Echo soon and talk a little bit more about this whole new Durham Trails project and some of the big new things that they're doing. It's it's pretty amazing how busy they all are out at Lula Lake. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. It's a lot to manage. Um, You've probably spent a few hours out at Lula Lake, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about the big fire down at uh, downtown the other night in front of High Point climbing? No. Yeah, they had a huge uh, electrical fire a couple of oh, nights man. ago, and it shut down all the power downtown. And it was sort of wow. somewhere in front of High Point. Had, I know it was evacuated, but it may have been wow. a little closer to Ben and Jerry's. But it was one of, the, one of those big underground transformers, and it just created havoc downtown. It's a really hot day. I think it was heat heat index, you know, well over a hundred. And oh, uh, wow. yeah, it was pretty crazy, but. They said a, the whole climbing facility was evacuated. Everybody was fine. They just had to get oh, everybody man. out of there. But I, I think you, I, I remember you being involved with High Point and, and climbing. And yeah, no, it's a great. It, that gym opened up right right as I was in high school. So what year um, did you? Before that was TBA. Okay, what year did you finish high school, Bobby? Twenty eighteen. Yep, 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 yep. Eighteen. But yeah, so we started. I started a a group at Macaulay called the NCG stood for the natural conservation guild. Basically we had roughly, you know, around 20 people interested. Um, and we would go and partner with like places like little Lake and go do trail cleanup days. Um, we did a day out at Dayton where we cleaned like graffiti off of the boulders there, but primarily it was trail trail maintenance focused. Um, and we had like guest teachers as like our, our hosts, and so Blue Rod helped out a ton and Justin helped out a ton. But it was really cool to not only enjoy those places that they were showing us, but then steward the places as well. And I think that completed the circle for a lot of kids. And they were able to see, like, 
what exactly we had in Chattanooga, what it has to offer. So, uh, right. Yeah. Great memories. I mean, sure. you growing up on lookout and of course you had a really close relationship with your dad. You guys were always doing things, but you were just so, uh, as I remember it, you were so plugged in to the outdoors here. I, it was just remarkable. And I, I do remember now you creating that club and I, I, is that club still going as far as you know, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Great. Yeah. It's cool. Goodness, Bobby, you just said you were in Salt Lake city. I didn't even realize that's, I didn't, I guess I didn't know exactly where you were. I knew you were out West, you know, being a man of adventure and, uh, what in the world, what's, what's going on out in Salt Lake city? What got you out there? Yeah. Um, so I, I graduated Macaulay in, in 2018, like I'd said. Um, and I was, I was a bit torn of, of what to do next. Um, and so my mom sat me down she said, you know, she had some friends that had done this program called Knowles and, and she thought it, it could offer, you know, a unique experience or opportunity. So I started looking into it, um, right before graduating and decided that I wanted to do a course right after graduation. Wow. Um, and I was pretty torn between New Zealand or Patagonia. Oh. And in the end, yeah, in the end I, I ended up going with Patagonia just cause it was one of their newer destinations, but it was also their most, it was one of the longer trips and it was also wow. one of just like the most exposed trips. Wow. Um, now for our listeners who are not familiar with this organization, can you spell it for them just so they'll be clear on what the name of it was again? Yes, NOLS. It's N-O-L-S. And it used to stand for National Outdoor Leadership School. Yeah. That, that has since changed just because it's developed into something more, they think. Sure. But it's a program that's great because it's, you know, I, I went right out of high school and I, by doing the semester length um, program, I earned 16 credits. Yeah, that were all like, based from University of Utah, which is where I ended up going after the course. Okay. But if I can jump back to, back to graduating. So yeah, I flew down there just by myself and didn't know anyone on the trip. And it was a three and a half month long trip, half of which is spent on the ocean, sea kayaking from island or beach to beach for, like I said, just over a month. And then the other uh, duration of the trip was spent in the mountains. So we were up on glaciers, camping in, like snow caves, essentially, um, oh, wow. and tents, and yeah, basically summiting mountains that our you, instructors were saying they weren't even sure if, if those mountains had been summited before, just because we were oh. so far out into the the mountain range. Um, so now, there, so. do you think my like T-Mobile phone was going to work up on in those mountains, Bobby? No, no, no. And, and you know that was a great thing. Is <laughs> they took. They took all all phones, any connection to the outside world away from us, just like simply out of necessity, just because like we didn't physically have space in our bags. We were carrying hundred liter bags, and you know I've spent all of my summers up in like upstate New York backpacking in the Adirondacks. Sure. Before this, and the biggest bag you'd imagine carrying is around seventy liters. And so when I saw on the pack list they were calling for a hundred liters, I was I was a bit nervous. Ooh. I wasn't sure what I was getting into, but um, it ended up, yeah, it ended up working out. So this isn't like the Macaulay like summer camp where you're getting cookies from mom um, on the table like every morning. Yeah. That's not you weren't having that packages delivered by FedEx, Bobby. No, I wish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, just messing. Yeah, so, I mean, I spent yeah 80 days sleeping consecutive days sleeping in a tent. Holy cow! It was cool Right before we left for our trip, we food rationed the entirety of, of the trip. So we packed our own food, dry goods, into pre-portioned bags. So we had, you know, a whole dry room filled with scales of food. But we were calculating what Knowles does that's so great is they know exactly what their students need on a trip in terms of like yes. fuel. So yes. we were able to pack as efficiently as possible just because they've been doing this for so long. Right. And they have a great system down in terms of like, you know, getting, getting your proteins and your carbs in. And so, yeah, we, we packed up essentially and then drove a bus out and they just dropped us off. It's a group of 15 of us and two instructors 
a couple people did have to drop out and get get one instance where a girl tore her ACL, so we oh, had to no. carry her down to a river, and then she was um, helied out back into the, oh. into the town. But otherwise, yeah, it was it was great, and just you know having that time away from one people you know and two just you know screens and and like the constant of just everyday life was something that I think I took for granted. Um, but now looking back, it's you know some of my sweetest memories were on that trip. So, wow, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. I wonder how high some of those summits were you guys were on. Yeah, it was pretty wild and you know the thing is you know you hike for two weeks to get to a glacier where you can go and summit a mountain oh wow and when we're summiting a mountain you know we're 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 on a rope team so we have four people split between a 70 meter rope you have a person in the front two in the middle one in the back so if someone was to fall or slip at any point during our traverse up into the mountain you have four people that can you know everyone has like an, an ice axe and like other mountain tools. And so you're able to self arrest and, you know, stop the, the pendulum of, of the whole team going oh, down. Wow. So, wow. It was, it wasn't just like, you know, up a trail, there were no trails. So we're basically just yeah. blazing our way yeah. all the way. So um, there weren't like concession it, stands and vending machines. No, no, that. no. Yeah, no. And even when you're there, you're still reliant on the weather. So, you know, you could spend two and a half weeks getting to a base camp and then it, you know, you're in Patagonia. The, the weather could just be fully blocked out for the next two weeks. You have no idea. Now, um, remind Bobby. Thankfully, yeah. Thankfully, in a window, um, oh, so. wow. Remind the listeners, if you don't mind, uh, wh- where exactly was the area you were in located? Where is this Patagonia area? Yeah, yeah, um, just south of Santiago. So I, I flew into Santiago and then took a, a, a bus to Balmaceda and then was staying in Coyhaique is where we were based out of. And Coyhaique is a really cool town because it's in a very um, remote part, but it is kind of like the access hub to um, the mountains. So, Wow. A, a great spot to spend some time for sure. I think there's a Koyaki, Alabama somewhere. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Probably. Probably. Um, Dude, I mean, had you ever done anything like this before? This sounds incredible. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I I spent my summers going to an all boys camp called Deerfoot Lodge up in upstate New York. It was a camp my dad went to and his brothers went to. Um, and you know, there's a similar crossover of, you know, spending time in the mountains just the bare bones essentials. Right. Um, so I, I did have a taste of that, but this was definitely ramping everything up, you know, a hundred percent to a whole new level of sure. Just uncertainty. Like we had no idea what we were getting into and our instructors didn't, you know, we had multiple instances that were, we had to sit down as a team and, and write down what happened because we had to report, you know, these crazy incidents, you know, we lost our radios. We lost, people got injured, you know, so it's just like yeah. the risks are much higher because of where you are in relation to a hospital or, right. you know, any right. sort of safety. And I was kind of, I mean, it was, I was playing earlier when I said it made it out alive, but I mean, in seriousness though, I mean, th- these are deadly, uh, serious adventures that you're on. Yeah. Wow. That is just so, amazing. Yeah. That, that trip changed a lot for me though. I was planning on, going to UTC afterwards, studying construction management, following what my dad had done. But I met a guy named Jack Francis on the trip who was from Park City, Utah. Um, and I met Jack, and we just instantly clicked, and we spent you know the whole trip together. So when I finished the course, I went straight to UTC, went home, and almost immediately just knew it wasn't a good fit for me. So I, I started looking into options. I've I've been into design since I can remember just making, you know, around product or graphic or or video. And so I I just started looking at schools. And then I had this, you know, semester done at the University of Utah through my Knowles course. I I looked into the programs and sure enough, they had um, a design program that was, it's called multidisciplinary design. 
And so once I found that, I decided to move out to Utah. Jack was out there, so I had a connection. And then there was a, a cool program with unique opportunities. So I moved out here in Salt Lake, and I worked for the first year I was here because I wanted to get a feel for the city and for the people. Sure, uh, sure. And then went straight into school. So you originally were more or less going to UTC, kind of preparing to maybe apprentice with dad in the building and construction and all of that, right? Correct, yeah. But but that's when everything changed is after this trip, you found the other program and it was at Utah State? University of Utah. University of Utah. And tell me the name of that program again. You said it was? Multidisciplinary Design. Okay. And at Macaulay is where I was kind of properly introduced to like studio, just like the studio space in general. Sure. Mr. Coleman was my teacher there. And, you know, in between classes, after lunch, after school, I would just go down to the studio and work. He loved having me in there. And that's, I think, where it sparked in terms of like a, a formal setting where it's, yeah. it's an academic setting. You know, it's not right. It's not your shop anymore. Uh, and so, yeah, I started looking into this program and basically what they do is around 90 to 120 people apply a year and they accept 30 of that group. Oh, wow. Um, and so you go through this whole summer studio program and after that studio, you've built a portfolio based off of the work you've done and then they accept. So, yeah, thankfully I was, I was accepted into the program and then once you're in, you go, there's a couple different routes you can go. So I, I've decided to go more towards like film production, media, um, and product, but okay. you can also go into the, like the UI UX, like user interface, user design. So it's cool because it's, it's a split program once you're in and they really cater to what your interests are and, you know, where you're finding success. So you went cinematic essentially what we would call the movies. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I've, I've always had, you know, an interest in just like physical objects, um, and branding. I've also had a huge like draw towards since I can remember. And so originally I started out on that track and then my climbing has, it's just been something that's never left since I started. So yeah. Tell me about, yeah. Tell me a little bit about what, what happened to the climbing during all of this. Yeah, no, I've been I've been climbing basically since I started. Climbing is an interesting sport because it's so consistent. You have to be training weekly or else, you know, if I took two weeks off, I would start to lose what I've gained. And really? so it's something that I've just been doing since, yeah, since middle school. So yeah, when I moved out here in, in Chattanooga, I, you know, I knew the scene. I had my friends. We had our group. When I moved to Salt Lake, I didn't know anybody. And Salt Lake is just as big of a scene as Chattanooga. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, what is, actually, while we're on that, I mean, what what can you tell folks here who maybe are not familiar with Salt Lake City? A lot of residents are going to be listening to this and maybe have never even been to Salt Lake City, or they're just not familiar with it. What What's it like, Bobby? What's What would you tell us about it? It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. I think why I love it so much is it's, it's access. So you can be, you can land, there's an international airport 10 minutes from downtown. And from that airport, you can be skiing some of the best powder in the nation in 30 minutes. Wow. You can, you can go from airport to mountain or, you know, house to climbing or, you know, house to the desert. You know, you got the uh-huh. arches, you have Zion, it's all in Southern Utah, but the winters here are unbelievable. We yeah. had over like, I don't know, 150, 200 inches of snow uh, oh, this wow. past season. So you're saying um, that there, you've got a little bit better situation than we do back here at the the Mentone Ski Resort back here. Yeah, we, we, we definitely do. Okay, um, okay. That's a huge draw, but also the industry is out here. So Black Diamond's out of here, Cool is out of here, Petzl, like the list goes on and on. So there's a lot of great connection and resource in terms of the outdoor industry in Salt Lake City. And it's it's kind of always been that way since the early 2000s. Did you um, really know it was that 
did you really know it was that way before you actually got there? Or did, did no. you really kind of go, wow, I didn't realize it was such a Mecca, an outdoor Mecca until you got there? Yeah, I had no idea. I had a, a few small connections to out here, but yeah, it was kind of all a, a pleasant surprise at wow. the end of the day. But yeah, it, it's just been a great, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great city just because of, of what it has to offer at such close proximity. It's, I, I honestly can't think of, because you know, if you compare it to Denver, Denver closest skiing is an hour and a half away, and that's without traffic. So okay, um, it's, it's definitely hard to beat. I see. Okay. Now, and for folks who don't, uh, are just coming into this recording later, or maybe just hearing this, Bobby Vinoy is with us. He's in Salt Lake City, Utah. He is coming to us via phone call. Normally our guests are, are sort of live here on the mountain. So just bear with us on our connection. Bobby, can you hear us? Okay. I can. Yeah. Okay, great. We've had some storms here tonight and a lot of wind and the signals kind of going in and out a little bit, but just want to make sure you can hear lookout mountain that we're coming in clear for you. Absolutely. So what in the world? I mean, you you went out to Salt Lake city, you kind of discovered all of this. You said, Oh my gosh, this is incredible. What's, what's led from all that? What's sort of become, I, I mean, have you, sounds like you're continuing to develop to develop your passions. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think, yeah, what I'm doing right now couldn't have been possible without just the resource and access that Salt Lake provides. So I kind of jump into um, what I'm doing currently. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's first, obviously a student, but second of all, I've started a project um, that's called So High Studios. Um, and that stands for South Hinkle, which is on the back of Lookout where I grew up working in my dad's shop. So nice. Hinkle, my, my, like, Hinkle has made it big time. <laughs> yeah. but uh my my freelance studio that i've been running all my work out of it is is you know a reference of chattanooga which is cool basically yeah i started climbing and then i started meeting the people here and salt lake happens to be the home of the usa training center so all usa athletes who compete at the olympic level all the way you know olympic world cup um and, and other is is based out of salt lake so we have 30 plus athletes or excuse me more like 20 plus athletes full-time professional rock climbers who train in salt lake and so i I quickly gravitated towards that crew and i've since made friends with a lot of them and we were all training and climbing together and you know they're all competing and i was just tired of no one documenting sure it's like all things are happening but no one's there to capture and to you know tell the story of what we're doing right now right and so i took on that role you know so i i see my my passion with design and making but i also see my passion with climbing and i wanted to bridge those two gaps so that's where the the studio was founded and last year almost a year ago i just told myself i was gonna put out a climbing film that was centered around little cottonwood canyon which is the local canyon here in Salt Lake, where the majority of the, the bouldering is. Little Cottonwood Canyon. So yeah, we started filming, and just to put, like, on, just for the listeners to understand kind of what we were doing, bouldering is um, it's a discipline of climbing that's done on boulders. So if you fall, you fall to the ground. We have these things we call crash pads that we put down and land on. Bouldering, its difficulty is based on a scale starting at V0, and goes all the way up to V16, which is, I would say, less than 1% of the people who climb can climb harder than V12. So we were filming, it was a, it was a full-length part, um, and we, we not only did a lot of the classic lines that were in the canyon, but we also put up multiple boulders that we documented. And then my friend Zach Gala, who's actually from um, Atlanta, climbed this climb called Grand Illusion. It's a V16, so it's you know the second hardest bouldering grade in the world. Wow! And it was originally the stand start uh, that goes at V10 was originally put up by Chris Sharma, who's one of one of if not the most legendary climbers of of our time. Chris, um, Chris Sharma. It was really cool to document. Yeah. 
our new era of climbers, you know, respecting, but also adding to the history and quality of climbing in the canyon. Wow. So yeah, we, I finished the film. It took five and a half months to film. And then there's a platform called Mellow. Mellow is essentially, if you're familiar with skateboarding, it's essentially the Thrasher magazine of climbing. Um, So they asked to promote the film. They put it up and within like a week we had over 80,000 views. So it was like a really, it was really cool to mix my background in skateboarding with, and like visually connect that style with climbing. Oh, wow. Um, And then to connect again, like my passion of filming and my passion of climbing. Good. Great job. It was was awesome. Oh, great job, Bobby. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. It's a bit of a long story, but. And so you are filming, are you, are you up with them? I mean, are you, are you up there? You're not on the ground filming up at them. You're up with them, right? Or. Yeah. I mean, every boulder is different. So angles are different. Locations are different. So I was, you know, I was running up between classes to go film. A lot of my, my friends are either in school or have graduated or, you know, doing school remotely. So I was just making do with what I could and running up between classes after class, after work, just, just trying to spend as much time documenting as possible. Now, what was the name? What was the title of this, this creation you made? The title is called confluence. So I wanted to name it something that meant confluence is like a, a convergence of two things. So yes. in, in like a river, if you have two creeks that flow into a larger river, that meeting point is is the confluence. Yes. Um, and so I wanted to explain the two things that are coming together. You have the style of skateboarding and the culture of skateboarding coming in with climbing. But then I also have my two passions of filming and creating with climbing. So it was this meeting point for a lot of the film and a lot of the direction and then Zach Gala actually put up one of probably the best B-13s in the canyon and named it Confluence after the film. So it was really cool to, again, complete that circle of putting out a film, putting out new boulders, and they all kind of were connected throughout this project. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What, a great, what a great name and a story for the, how you chose that title, Confluence. Thanks. Yeah. Now, if we had folks here on the Mountain Echo and they're like, let me see where this young guy's talking about out there. And they, they want to pull it up on Google Maps or look at a look at their atlas yeah. or something. What what part of the country would they need to put their finger on to kind of hit the area that you're operating in? In terms of like filming for that project? Yeah. Were you north of Salt Lake City? Were you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's in Little Cottonwood Canyon. So in the in the base of the canyon, you have a ton of climbing. Okay, it's a steep it's a steep canyon with granite shear walls on both sides. Wow. Um, imagine Yosemite Valley, but scaled down. And then as you drive up this you know two lane canyon, you get to Alta and Snowbird. So it's it's where those two skiing resorts are. It's just at the mouth of the canyon. I um, see. So it's near Snowbird. Yes, yeah, it's in the same canyon as Snowbird and Alta, which, you know, a lot of people go there to, you know, ski on, on winter break, or those are two pretty historical resorts. And what's the little, but, what's the little town that's sort of in that area right there? Um, you have, like, Cottonwood Heights. I mean, Alta is its own town in the canyon itself, but, you know, I live in Salt Lake, like, downtown Salt Lake, and I'm only 25 minutes away from, from Little Cottonwood Canyon, so... It's all pretty close in proximity to each other. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gosh, when you tell this story, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm imagining all the work that had to go into a project like that. I didn't, I'm not sure what time of year it happened, but, and then I realized you're still in school. I am. Yeah. Oh. And it, and it started to, you know, all my teachers, I was, you know, posting on not only my social media, but also my studio's media and, my teachers started to pick up on this. They were, you know, they pull me aside after class and be like, Bobby, like it's exciting to see you like <laughs> diving into this while you're doing school. But I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like I couldn't wait 
you know, I, I didn't feel there was a reason to wait to graduate and start making things. So yeah, I, I thought that was a great opportunity. And sure enough, like after the film dropped, I basically just started filming full time. Companies wow. were reaching out and just, you know, that was a great proof to myself that, you know, it was just like a really good confidence booster in terms of direction oh for me. Oh my gosh, um, you must be so, so satisfied with the fact that you've got instantly over 80,000 views of your work. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a great surprise. And, you know, the, the multidisciplinary design major that I'm in, it's as vague as it sounds. If I had gone to school for architecture or gone to school for business or I'm graduating with this title, let's just say I was going to school for architecture. I come out of school and I'm an architect. I'm a licensed architect and I can legally draw buildings and houses. But with this design program, it's so vague that you really have to put an effort in to create something that you want it to be. Yes. Um, and so, I, yeah, I just wanted to start that process as soon as possible. Wow. You know, you're reminding me of people and things that have been said over the years, like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates <laughs> and Elon Musk. I mean, they all said, follow, seek your passion, do what you love and, and don't I mean, wait, yeah, don't, you know? Yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, it's, it's every day, you know, I wake up and I'm, I'm not anxious, but I'm eager to, you know, see what I can do or like, see what I can make or see what connections I can develop. And, there's this, there's another studio in Salt Lake called Camp 4 Collective. And I started, that conversation started right as the film was, was put out. But I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the film like Free Solo with Alex Honnold. Yes. Yes, I've um, seen it. Yes. Yeah. So that production company, when it started, was Tim Kemple, Jimmy Chin, and Renan. Jimmy was the one who filmed Free Solo and Renan helped film Nehru. So you have these three guys that ran this production company who reached out, you know, to me after I put out the film. And so I've just been, I'm currently editing a lot of um, their work right now. Wow. What a compliment. What a compliment to you. Yeah, no, and it's been cool just to see, you know, how fast you can, you can move, move with a direction and a goal in mind. I think it's, and if you execute and follow your gut, I just feel like it's um, something to pay attention to at the very least. Right, right. Now, I know you, and you are a very, you're humble, and you're a man of action, I think. You're, you're humble. So you, I'm going to go ahead and just let the listeners know, I've already heard from different folks that you're getting a lot of attention from a lot of different companies <laughs> and angles. So. I want you to, I know you're not a bragging type person, but Bobby, you tell us, go ahead and tell the listeners, you know, you've really, I guess you would say it's kind of like making it to the big leagues all of a sudden. Tell us a little bit about that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. So back to the, you know, just the scene in Salt Lake, we can talk about that for a minute. I, you know, all of my friends, my girlfriend included are, are climbing for companies, you know, Red Bull. Space, Arcteryx, the list goes on and on. And so when you have these external production companies reaching out to these athletes and asking for them to do a film job with them, it's just like this kind of awkward transaction, you know? So if their friend is the filmer, that's just a great opportunity to one, create something that's genuine because it's, you know, there's a relationship there. Okay. But two, like easier in terms of like logistics so i can for example nathaniel coleman he's a good friend of mine he actually won silver in uh, the olympics this past past year oh wow um, so i reached out to him during my spring break and we filmed a commercial for the north face it took like a week to film and about a week to edit and grant manor who actually graduated from macaulay as well oh i know grant Hawaii. yeah great guy yeah, yeah. Um, I filmed and Grant edited that piece. So that was just like another, you know, another good proof of concept to myself. But yeah, since then, yeah, I was supposed to film, yeah, two Arcteryx projects this summer. And then, yeah, I've done stuff just for a couple of other brands. And I'm currently like in the, in the planning phase right now for our next full length video. And there's definitely a lot of 
brand interest in that one. So now, are you allowed, or are you in a position where you can say anything about that one, or, or not? Not really. No, yeah, I'm. I'm essentially directing it. So I'm the one who is putting the climbers together, the sponsors together. Last year we did a full premiere, so we had like 200 people come to our premiere, and you know, I. It's really fun to orchestrate and put people together and and and, and goal to create this this thing that lives on past of what it is. Yeah. And so this year I'm really excited to really focus on, you know, what brands are involved, what people are involved, and how we decide to present this media moving forward. Bobby, this just sounds like you have just hit something that's like <laughs> It's gold to you. I mean, it's your passion. It's your love. You're you're good at it. People have already figured out you're good at it and are coming to you. And probably, I think, from what I'm hearing, with more opportunities than you can even take advantage of. And this is just incredible. <laughs> Thank you. I, I I do appreciate it. Now, Bobby, uh, this may sound like a this may be a silly question. I was going to say it may sound like one. It may be one. But if are you going to ever be able to? bring one of your creations back to Chattanooga to the IMAX and just have a, a showing and, and invite everybody from Lookout Mountain and Chattanooga oh. to come see that? That'd or? Be, yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, High Point, uh, that gym actually reached out. They wanted to have a, a like a premiere of their own um, just at the gym. So I could definitely see something like that happening uh, with this next one. And it would be fun to go down and, you know, be there for it and have – like a, a Q and a type type situation before the film, just because it's so, I, I think what I've loved doing is climbing media has been so stagnant for the past you know, 15 years. Okay. And I think with my background skateboarding, you know, after fifth grade class at Maryland elementary, that, yeah. that scene that I started at that young of an age has definitely affected how I perceive things and how I perceive culture and style and music. And I think I've brought what I've learned as a kid to a, a semi-professional platform. Um, and I think brands want to associate with that. You know, they want to associate with strong culture and, and, and strong energy. So I think that's what's different about what I'm doing is, I think I'm not necessarily afraid because I don't have any risks. You know, I don't, I don't have right. like this big name or a big brand that I'm trying to please. I'm just simply trying to make things that I think would look cool. Um, at the end of the day, that's, that's basically what it is. Well, I mean, think and, about uh, the times that we've gone as with, as parents with our own children or gone just to see movie at the IMAX because it's just, it's so visually enjoying to just see some of the just different whether it's space whether it was the ocean you know the 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 aquariums had great success with showing you know visually entertaining amazing footage it sounds like you're doing that with the climbing yeah i'm trying to and i think you know another thing that that's developed is i can do it in climbing but now i'm interested to see what other mediums i can bring this perspective into so i've you know, I've talked with Addie Chapin. She's a local from Lookout Mountain about doing like a, a studio highlight on her work and how she composes work and, you know, what time in the studio is like for an artist. Because I think that's what everyone's so curious about is like, what are these, you know, these artists they call themselves or these creatives or these, you know, sculptors? What are they thinking yes. when they're in their space? Making? Yes, yes. And I, the only way to tell that, communicate that is through video and i think what i love about video is a picture you know is a it's a snap in, in time but a, a video you're you know you're holding what's going on for forever essentially um gosh you're making me you're making me think about the old school view books that you know years yeah. ago we would see a picture and they'd say hey we have a we have a pottery department and there's a still shot of just someone there on a wheel but like you say it was just frozen, that one frame, and you're able to bring with video, it, you're able to bring that picture to life. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's just, it's the most efficient way to tell a story on a, on a, a large scale. You're, you're scaling up a story 
because you know you can only tell a story so many times with you know face to face with with people i think what i've loved so much about video is just like the reach it has and the power it has you know watching something with audio with music is it's an experience and i think people people enjoy that so you know i would be so excited i'm excited for what you're doing but i would be so excited if you were able to bring a production at some point in the future to Chattanooga and heck if we you know if we don't do aquarium and IMAX let's call Nick Wilkinson down at the Tivoli and just have your have bring you up on stage we can even do a daytime and let LMS and Farallon come down and you know and that night the parents could come that'd be so much fun yeah it would be fun but yeah I think biggest thing i could tell someone is just like i grew up riding bikes with gaston farmer who's um was heavily involved with the lake and is now heavily involved with tennessee like like observing land that could be used for conservation yeah i know gaston's Uh, name yeah yeah every time i went on the camping we we did these bike packing trips with bellow coffee which is down on main street so we'd all meet up there we'd all load up in everyone's car and then go drive out to a spot and go bike for two or three days. And Gaston always brought a film camera with him every single time. And then, you know, a week after the trip, he'd send everyone the Dropbox full of all the photos of the trip. Oh. And I just thought that that was, you know, it was, I was always like so excited to see the photos and to see, because then it just yeah. resurfaces everything. Yeah. And so then I, yeah, it was like, man, I, I'm tired of of just like not capturing what's going on. And so then I just started videoing things. So I think, you know, the biggest thing you can do is just try it and, and, and see, you know, if you enjoy it and if not, then all good. And, and if so, it could open up some, some doors or opportunities. So, wow. Uh, okay. Bobby, when you come to Chattanooga with your big debut, Gaston gets a front row seat that night. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, um, this is just so exciting. I'm so glad that you're doing so well. And I, I did a little homework, you know, before we, we did the call today. And so I know that you've had great success. It sounds like you're in high demand. People have recognized your excellent work. And I think you've done an, a marvelous job of saying how that all came to be starting here at Fairland School on Lookout Mountain and with your dad. And it's sort of built on everything from skateboarding to just different interests. And you've realized that it's a passion of yours. And I just applaud you for, for just jumping out there, like you said, and going for it. Yeah, I appreciate that. And can only thank my, my parents, Rob and Liza, just for even the opportunity to to chase something that you're passionate about. That's definitely something you should never take for granted. So definitely, uh, definitely very appreciative. So. I tell you what, Bobby, you, you got two great, great parents right there. <laughs> yeah. Mom and dad right there get top scores. They're just such great folks. And we're proud of you. Thank you. I know you've been busy. I know you had to make time to, to get this call in and let the residents and all the good folks here on lookout Uh, know what you're up to and hear a little bit about what's going on and all the good news. We've got a lot of listeners, Bobby, that are like you. They grew up here and they're in other parts of the country. And we're hearing a little bit from them that they're enjoying listening to all this. So you've probably got some friends and classmates and former play buddies listening. So um, just, yeah, I think they're going to love hearing, you know, what all you're up to and, Bobby, I'm just going to tell you, I know we're, we're wrapping up here, but I just, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm just thinking about my favorite director, at least so far is Steven Spielberg. I'm a huge Steven Spielberg fan. Do do you like Steven Spielberg? I do. I do. I've always loved his work and lots of different things. I always love hearing the story about how he got started and he needed a break, you know, early on, he needed that breakout moment and he got a tiny budget. I mean, tiny, tiny budget. I mean, there are cars that cost more than his initial film budget. They gave him two cameras, and he went out and filmed uh, the movie Duel, and it was a hit. 
and you know the rest of it is history but he he was passionate about it people realize that and the rest is history and i just i'm sitting here listening to you and i i can't help but think about one of those favorite stories of mine about steven spielberg and how he got started so i don't know where this is going bobby but you know what i hope i wish you only the best i know everybody on lookout is cheering you on thank you i appreciate that any any uh, final words of advice from you for the young folks here on lookout or or yeah, anybody yeah, yeah yeah no i'm i'm happy to i think my biggest thing would just be you know i've never even told my my story out loud you know consecutively for this long so one i, I appreciate the opportunity just to you know mentally for my sake to you know remind myself definitely you know, just the process of life essentially but as i said earlier you know i was planning on studying construction management at utc and i think with me following what i'm actually truly interested in um not to say i'm not interested in architecture buildings and spaces i love that but by following what i felt was right has inevitably led me to where i am right now which is a very different place than you know studying construction at utc so i think yeah if i was to say anything you know even if it's not traditional even if it's not necessarily the right thing at the time if you are able to listen to yourself and listen to the people around you opportunities are are, are bound to arise so yeah. definitely yeah just keep in tune and, and chase what what makes you tick wow wise words from such a young man bobby you're you're such a great soul i wish you the very best i know everybody here on the mountains cheering you on just keep up the good work be safe and come home and see us when you can absolutely bobby, i appreciate it Thank you so much.